1: There's a reason more pros choose Redneck Blinds over any other blind on the market. Combining amazing quietness, scent control, and usability features, you have the ultimate hunting blind. Give them a call or check them out online at redneckblinds.com.
2: Dakota Silence, we're embracing better. Our focuses, revolutionary concealment, extreme silence, enhanced thermal efficiency, purpose-driven functionality. Unheard, unnoticed, uncompromised.
3: You're listening to the Outdoor Podcast, probably presented by Six Hour and created by Bowhunter Planet. Enjoy the show. Mm-hmm.
4: Hi everyone, welcome to the Outdoor Podcast. I am Tim Mazarata along with Dave Thomas tonight. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us. Thanks to all of our viewers on Carbon TV as well. Love the support and love what you guys do for us. So thank you so much for joining. Uh, On on with us tonight, we're going to talk in a little bit of code, but we're going to also talk really quietly, right? We got code of silence on with us tonight. But really what we're going to talk about is is some amazing hunting gear, some amazing outerwear, um, that that's being put out by Coda Island So <laughs> welcome aboard! Thank you for joining us tonight. How are you all doing?
2: i'm oh, doing awesome. It's a pleasure right. to be here.
4: Awesome. awesome Well, I see Dave's Dave's already wearing some of your stuff that you guys have, <laughs> yes. and uh, I can't hear it, so that's a good thing. Dave, is it warm?
3: <laughs> Feels <laughs> wonderful. It's nice and cozy. I feel like I kind of want to go to bed.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'll be right back, Man. guys.
2: <laughs> you know, the stuff works, guys. <laughs>
4: I love uh, nice. it. Well, thanks for joining again. Um, you know, we, we like to try to start off with like just kind of a little quick rundown of the product, menu, right? What do you guys what do you guys have? What do you guys offer? What's kind of new this year? Have you got anything new this year? Can you give us a, a quick uh, little guideline there as to what's going on?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So this is our second year um with, with the product in the marketplace. You know, last year we had three main series. We had kind of a Oh, really? Midweight on up. We're we're not in the lightweight side of things right now. We're in kind of heavier wool, uh, knit wools, they're berber and then what we call fleece wool. So we had a, a medium weight series last year. We called Vertigree. We had kind of an all purpose uh, series called Zone Seven that got into windproof technologies. And then we had a big dog that was uh, that was extreme cold called Coldfall. We had uh, tops and bottoms and all three of those and then some accessories. And we've expanded uh, pretty aggressively this year. We have. Um, a, a new series that came in between the the middle one and the and the and the heavier weight we call dialed in zone seven dialed in which has really filled in the series as it relates to stationary kind of cold weather clothing in a big big way. We have kind of a a more versatile parka now in that, and then a, a more versatile bib. And then we went down a little bit in on the temperature side. We have a, a series in merino fleece, um, merino wool fleece. That we call Napanee. We have a top and then some accessories there, and then we have two uh, backpacks that are sitting behind us here that we're really proud of too.
4: Awesome! So you guys, you guys are a pretty young company, and that's great because yeah. we love we love new to the market type of stuff. Um, it's great to see companies that are innovating themselves and and bringing products to the to the to the industry because it's something that we've seen. You know, we've been around for about. 14 years now I think is what we're coming on and uh, we've seen some amazing stuff come on board into the hunting industry and uh, it, it's great to see that things are still evolving and there's still opportunity out there so give us give us a little bit of a history of like how you guys got into this and and why you started it
2: okay um, <laughs> I'll try to I'll try to be as brief as I, I can this is a pretty long story actually so we James, got time
4: we got time okay <laughs>
2: This is Jamie Dykman and I'm Ev Terrell and we both have history um, at, at Cabela's. We worked together at Cabela's. Um, I left kind of right before what they call the transaction, right when, when Bass Pro bought Cabela's. But I spent um, just right at 30 years there, and for most wow. of those 30 years, ran the hunting apparel uh, area for for Cabela's corporately. And Jamie and I did a lot of product development stuff, and all these got on really good. And I left, and I was it wasn't like I was, you know. Uh, ready to go out and build more clothes after I'd done it that long. But to be honest with you, just being a, a super avid hunter myself was like really thought there were still amazingly there were still holes in the market. There was places that um you know needs that a bow hunter particularly had that that were not being met. Quiet, better concealment, uh better warmth, good designs, and then really a little bit on the affordability side too. Yeah. And it was, it was funny. And again, I'll I'll try to be brief, but just really didn't think the context of a, a a system that really enabled a hunter to be at his best and to, you know, perform at a higher level and be successful at a higher level, um, was in the marketplace. And I know that sounds like, wow, we've been building clothes for 40, 50 years and real tree, mossy oak and tree bark have been out there. How, how can there be a need? And, I describe it like this, guys. I'm, I'm like, you know, if I've got I've got fishing rods, jig, I'm a pretty big walleye fisherman. and I have a jigging rod that if I forget it at home and we get to the dock. And I remember I forgot it. I'm, I'm going home, you know, and I have rifles like that. I have I have, um, you know, spotty scopes that I just won't go in, out and out and watch fields without. I've never had hunting clothing like that. I've never had hunting clothing where if we got to spot and I forgot it, I'm going, "Hey, we got to go back." Um, and that's that was really kind of the motivation to uh, create
3: something that was that powerful. Yeah, that's awesome. I go ahead, Tim. Sorry.
4: No, I was going to say. So, tell us about that. Tell us about the technology behind the clothes.
2: Well, you know the the big need, you know, as the name would apply, was was around quietness. Um, you know as 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 much as quietness is important to the particularly the bow hunter and up close encounters you know when you think about clothing it was it was like who is really delivering on a level of quietness that it, it really gets it done and I, I challenge anyone again no negativity to toward any other brands but you know who who is really delivering on that as a primary objective and so I thought that was a void and and the fabrics I talked about the the Berbers the the high the high loft fabrics you know definitely do that at a, at a better. At a better level particularly when it's cold i mean it's, it's so easy to do it's a lot easier to deliver on on quiet when it's 40 50 degrees out but the magnification at zero 10 degrees you know especially in later season when the deer have been been pressured a whole different level and that was just even a bigger void i guess guys um and then warmth you know you just there's a few principles we didn't think were being met on the thermal efficiency side you think breathability was it's kind of left behind um super key and in staying and staying warm on, in long periods of time so all of our technologies are going to favor not just insulation but breathability and insulation and windproofness at the same time it's a really hard combination to beat uh or to deliver on and to beat but uh those were some of the primary focuses we knew we wanted to do something better on the concealment side. And so many different things really got me rolling on this, but few deer, I guess in particular, but I had a couple aha moments where I was sitting and climbing up 26 feet, moving my stand on the backside of trees, using the tree to hide myself when I was sitting in a literally a thousand dollar set of camouflage clothing. To keep from being detected and it's like there's got to be a better way and uh, i think we've i think we figured that out so that, i would agree
3: it, i think that the product to me when i think of bow hunting and i think of you know being an archer and being up in the tree or even in the ground really i i just this material is definitely like no sound so it's definitely one of the first materials i've ever played with that realistically have pretty much zero sound and even I'm rubbing it right now in my hand. I can't hear it at all. It's just unbelievable, really. Um, the warmth part of it is amazing. Like so, that's the other thing is like I always feel like when I wear like thick stuff from other brands, right? And I get this stuff on, and I'm wearing it, and I'm bow hunting. It's like a lot to put on, to be honest. It's like real, like puffy and uh, noisy, and I really hate using it. So I'm that's why I'm one of the most excited about this year with this is that. I want to try this really bad, especially as it gets a little chillier and nip, nippier, of course. And um, but I, I just I I think I think you guys are on the right path here because this is different. It's not nothing like the other brands. That's what makes this a, a good, a good, you know, the way you're doing this is going to work because it's different. And now the next thing is just selling people on why it's better. Right. And And that's the key to this is just moving forward with the brand and. Um, keep going. Of course, you're up against some big brands in the industry, but again, it's a different type of material. So now you have the opportunity to sell even to those people who are buying that stuff or maybe warm gear. You know what I mean? Like now you can sell them up as well. So that's pretty cool. I'll never
4: forget, Dave. It's kind of funny that you're saying all that because I was going to say this as well, but I'll never forget there was, and I'm not going to name names companies, but there was a company that sent us um, some hunting gear, right? And they were they were expensive, really truly expensive um, outfits. And uh, put them on, and we're we're you know, and I didn't think anything of it at first. But then because you know I'm around my house, you know around my house trying it out for the first time, all that kind of stuff. And, and then then we go out and we we start hunting, and and I'm I'm just sitting there going, what's that noise? And it was it, it wasn't even that I was moving around that much. It was that like every time I breathe, like your arms move a little bit or your your legs move a little bit, and that's all I hear. The whole entire hunt is this fabric just on fabric noise, and I'll never forget just thinking like, "There's no way I would spend this kind of money um, to to go out and and to have it perform like that." So I think you're dead on. I love the fact that you guys are focusing. Um, on, on the silent part of it, um, because it is really important and you don't realize that it's important until you get something that isn't silent. And you're like, what was I thinking?
3: And you spent a yeah. lot of money to get it. That's the like, other thing.
4: Absolutely. You know,
3: yeah. this is a side note, just a side note. I'm going to throw this in here real quick. Cause it's really funny. But so my cousin, he bought all this new, this is years ago, maybe like 2000, 2001, 2000. He bought all this brand new hunting gear it was like i remember this it was like custom 500 so all these like all this clothes and stuff and i don't know why he did this but he would store it in a black garbage bag and so of course so yeah <laughs> hand me down right he was asking me he's like dude i i can't afford more clothes he's like can you have me hand me down I was like <laughs> This was years ago, it. but oh my gosh, it was I the funniest thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, I was sidetracked. Oh no. Oh, no, it's
4: yeah. all, all good, man. So what's the feedback been like for you guys? It's been really good. It's honestly
5: been super exciting. Yeah. Good. A lot of it has been, you know, what you guys have echoed with the silence. I think what's gonna be the hardest and the, the affordability is what we're getting feedback to, where it's like we truly are developing higher end products and offering it at a value price so when it gets in the hands of of our customers and they're providing that feedback like holy crap i can't believe that this is what i'm getting it's it's
4: that's what's become really rewarding to see well that that's from a product standpoint what you need to marry together right is quality yep. and value yep. you had those two together and and yeah you're you're bound for success for sure
3: i think you could also just throwing this out there and this is like i know everything you guys do costs a lot of money so i get that as a company stuff but but as I sit here wearing this, and I feel very comfortable in it, and I feel actually just a little enough warmth where I feel pretty good right now. um this could be offered in solid colors for like people to wear in normal circumstances, like like to wear to the store Myers or whatever, right? Where people don't work. just a thought just throwing it out there, mm-hmm. like this yep. is that type of thing where I would wear this in a brown uh, a dark color, you know, something cool looking. I don't know maybe bright white, maybe bright white and go a little flashy. Mm-hmm. Are
4: you, <laughs> Are you saying Jamie, that camo
3: did James talk, talk to you before this or something?
2: Or no, something? I was
5: wondering if you could, you know, me with a
2: little hard on the solid color stuff, so
5: <laughs>
4: yeah, that's oh, fine. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, I was gonna say, Dave, I thought camo was your primary color, uh,
3: no, but I only when I'm hunting, but I, 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 I'm glad you thought that, Tim. But it's not the case, not the case,
4: yeah. no, I love it, and that you know, it, but that is a great point, though. It is one of those things where like. I, I love wearing the hunting clothes that i that I wear and, and and I buy it for a reason and all that kind of stuff. and it would be great to wear that every day. So good point, Dave. We expect to see that next year from you guys.
3: maybe this <laughs> year. Who knows? They might be hiding something here.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it.
3: Let's talk about the camo itself, the color what what pattern is this? Is this your own or how's this what's the pattern?
2: This is our own pattern. It's called um S18, Visual Silence. That's a another thing I didn't really touch on. You know, the the name code of silence, you would you would normally think, you know, naturally that it's it's about audible silence. It's actually about visual silence as well. That's one of our trademarks. Um we we kind of call visual silence, you know, uh neutrality, I guess, when you think about light reflectance, about colors, about pattern, about a lot of things. I could spend a lot of time talking about this topic. I'll I'll kind of go back to your, your main question, but um it is S18 visual silence. It's uh it's a pretty long story, guys. Actually, we uh we knew we wanted a, a unique pattern. We knew it it needed to be a um an authentic pattern, and we did not want it to be art. We didn't want it to be Eva's pattern that you know or Jamie's pattern that I'm gonna put a little tree here and I wanna put a bush here. And um, so we did a you know. I won't say the most technical survey, but through a network we had, we identified the average stand height of tree stands at, um, at 14.8 feet. You put a six foot human in there at, so a belt height of 17.8 rounded up to 18. And then we looked at the five most common trees and looked at the branch density in those five most common trees at that 17.8 foot mark. And that drove the element composition of the pattern, the colors, because this is a jacquard knit, it's not printed. We're limited to four colors. So we really had to find the most common dark, the most common light. And then the two most common colors in the middle that gave us the four colors, But you put that all together and you walk in the woods with it. It's, it does what it's supposed to do. It
3: really that's does. Cool. Yeah. I love this. I love that's, the that's idea. That's
4: crazy. That's cool
3: but i love the idea like and i i know we've all seen this now recently right with brands just doing their own camos like I, I love it like to me it's like the coolest thing um when you know a brand comes out with a camo to me it you know it, it could be a hit or a miss right obviously there's a couple in the industry i could think of i don't really like at all and i'm not gonna name names but i'm not a big fan but uh it's still cool. I like the idea of not paying this extra fee to another company and like just doing your own, like, cause why not? You know, it'd be kind of cool. And it's plus look what we're getting out of it though. That's my point. Like this is turning into the funnest, coolest industry with camos. Cause you're seeing all these new camos all the time that people are starting to be like, dang, I, I really want that. And a good example, of that's the Fred bear camo because Fred bear camo, when I go to bear archery, I was at the total archery challenge. They were there. We're talking and everybody a lot of people wanted that camo they're putting on trucks now they're putting it on and it's like old school right but like people are like oh i really like that you know it's just funny to see that transition you know yeah agreed
4: uh, how does that how does that can't camo image get translated onto the actual fabric like does it is it dyed on there like i like I, i've always wondered like okay you got this great camo but how do you get the fabric to look like that?
2: Well, you know, it's a great question and high level. Ninety plus percent of camouflage you see in the industry is is printed. Ninety, probably ninety eight percent of it, and it's printed primarily in in two ways: when a uh, dye stuff or a uh, a wet print, they call it, which are really shooting inks through perforations and discs per color that leave particular color you know, if you have a light green, it just, it, that, that roller or that screen prints that light yeah. green. The next one prints the dark one. You can have, I've seen, uh, print beds up to 16 colors. And, um, but like a woodland camo, like an army camo, you know, there's primarily, there's four colors that's, you know, yeah. but heat transfers taken over in all the polyesters where they, they print the pattern on a paper and then they, through heat, they basically impose that, that ink onto, a onto a fabric. So that runs most of it. We don't do anything like that. Ours is actually knit. Um, it's called jacquard knitting, which as I said earlier, we were limited to four colors. So these, we have four four yarns that are basically dyed to the color we want and they're stitched okay. in through looms into the, uh, into the pattern. That does a lot of things though. I mean, it gives it that sort of random soft look, kind of a neutral look. But it uses more importantly, it uses way less synthetics than the two methods I just described. Um, I, know I, I, I have know to it.
4: imagine too, though, that because the yarn that you're using is dyed, that the longevity of that pattern on that material, the, the like from a fadeability standpoint or all that kind of stuff, is going to last a lot longer too.
2: Yeah, we're we're. Slightly shifting gears, you know, we're so much into light absorbance versus reflectivity. Um, the wood, the woods are 100% organic, everything out there, right? And they absorb light much different. Organic things absorb light and porous things absorb light much different than flat synthetic things. Um, you know, if you had a plastic bag that was one color and the exact same color in a burlap sack and you go throw them in the woods it's night and day difference which one's easier to see so we we spend a lot of time on that same principle of using natural fibers knitting them and reducing the synthetics and then um, putting the the texture in them as well our light absorbance is is greatly mimicking the the light absorbances in the woods and we'll be talking a lot more about that in the future there's a reason you guys why Snipers don't make their, their ghillie suits out of polyester and nylon. They use jute, they use natural fibers, and it's for the same reasons. As waterfowlers are flocking their heads on their goose decoys for the same reasons, because it gives that natural re, uh, absorbance to mimic a head of a goose um, versus, versus a, a printed plastic head. Um, that makes
4: and, a whole heck of a lot of sense.
3: Today's episode is brought to you by Sig Sauer, keeping you safe in and out of the field, but also keeping you in the field longer with Sig's lineup of cross rifles, optics, ammo, and more. Learn all about it at sigsauer.com. Also brought to you by Tinks, Dead Down Wind, Burris, Vapor Trail, Stokerized, Arizona Archery Enterprises, Apex Rewards, and Easton. Last year, Reveal by Tacticam quickly became the most sought-after scouting camera in America, making cellular scouting available to any hunter. We ask our users how we can make this outstanding camera even better, and this is our answer. Introducing the all-new Reveal X. Even easier setup. Better battery life. Faster trigger speed. On-demand HD photo. extended detection range this season find out what all the buzz is about get a new reveal x by Tacticam. i'm
2: gonna i'm gonna venture to say this is gonna be a big deal in the camo industry in the next five years
4: yeah well i i mean just looking at it and looking at what dave's wearing everything that you just said you can identify right there because i i've owned a lot of camos obviously right
2: yeah and there is a difference
4: just visually looking at what i'm looking at on, on camera with dave than others that i've seen and and i didn't realize it right it's not something that i could have like i i could have formulated a thought around as to why until you just said it and that makes a whole heck of a lot of sense for sure yep.
2: um jamie told jamie's me. kicking me on the table and caution me not to get too far off no i
4: get team, it i know some of the questions on, like a, you, know, handball, you, gotta, you gotta answer um, at a high level totally
3: <laughs> I get yeah tomorrow's probing questions do it. Yeah,
5: you know, i'm actually really glad that you went into like we could talk for hours on this stuff so it is <laughs> it's good to give that amount of detail but i mean the reality is is we don't really talk about camo like that we usually like right. kind of, dave where you were saying people are like oh this camo looks cool we're so used to buying or purchasing camo based mm. on how good you look and don't get me wrong we all like to look good but there's this other component that we forget camouflage clothing is supposed to conceal you. So yeah. the whole concept of this is like a shift in mindset of what is a priority within clothing and honestly, you know, the fabric choices that we make really hit home with concealment, hit home with the silent story and also the warm story, but it's being able to educate the the consumer again and say you're buying this clothing to hide, to con- you know what I mean, like it's a tool. While we definitely, you know, see it as a uniform too, it, it that mind shift or that we really need to get on board with understanding. Like, there's purpose-driven, you know, functionality within this, and everything that Ev talked about is—is is it.
2: it? It'll it'll sound like a sales pitch, you guys. And I'm Jamie. Can confirm this. I am no salesman. I'm just not. I just kind of—I'll tell you everything wrong with our stuff as much as I'll tell you everything right. <laughs> um, I no, will, well,
4: here's the deal. I mean, it doesn't sound like a sales pitch when it's when when it's factual and knowledgeable right? I mean, that, that's yeah. the thing is like, what we want is what we want as a consumer is we want to know that you guys have put that much thought into it, right? We want to know that you guys have sat down and yeah, this like, is, when uh... we ask you a question, it, it, it's, it's not your standard answer, right? Because that means that you've spent the time, you understand your product and you're trying to put out something that's different than everybody else. And, and you can tell, hands well, down, you can tell.
2: It goes so much back to the the one instance in the tree and it was a, it was a pretty smart you know particular deer i was hunting and but i was hitting a new i'm not talking about sitting in the same stand where you've been picked off 40 times before you know i'm talking about setting up <laughs> a brand new stand hanging and hunting and climbing 26 foot up and, and hiding behind the 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 whole trunk of a tree you know trying to get the deer past me before i even has any visibility and i'm like why am i doing this but why is camo gear not performing yeah. at the level that we all think it is and yeah. um I, there's there's something here i guarantee you that much so
3: i like i like how the the camo is um you you made a, you used a comment I, I forgot the word exactly but um it's like diminished or not like super Beautiful. sharp um, yeah it looks so much better i think when i look at because it, it, it more looks to me like i'm looking behind you guys it, it looks to me like The forest, you know, it really does like it's just kind of a mesh of those colors that are you see in nature um, in the the shadows right not necessarily like in the front end or you know, Um, there were some other brands in the in the industry years ago that had a couple very unique patterns that uh frankly they look terrible like i think people are (laughs) people are (laughs) like i know and you guys know because you guys worked in cabela so you definitely seen these different patterns i won't name names but there was a couple where people like i don't know but then there was all these people fighting like are you kidding me this is the best thing ever you know this is this but you see you're like i get it maybe you're right but i don't
4: look good though
3: (laughs) (laughs) i have to look a little good a little
5: good yeah
2: it was like a
3: little bit there i don't want to um can you guys tell us about the water protection like how does this work can i get rained on can i not like maybe go through that real quick on this material
2: yep so um we are not offering waterproof designs this time we're we're you know leaning really hard toward water resistance and you can I'll, again going back to what i said i uh, i'm not a salesman um you know with the cold weather styles we have most of the moisture you're going to be encountering is going to be in the form of, of white stuff. It's going to be snow, and we do fine with um, with the water repellency we have. We spend we spend extra money and put the best water repellency on there that we can. But without waterproofness, and because of the porosity of the of the fabrics themselves, and because of the organic side, you know, if you sit out in rain, you know, it, it's the clock starts ticking. You got a couple hours. Uh, I'll be honest, um, but in cold weather. If it's snowing out and you're brushing off,
3: no problem, really, is kind of how I would describe it. Um, so basically it doesn't have like, uh, but I don't know how this stuff works, to be honest. I'm just asking questions here. So is there like a liner? When you say the word waterproof, is there some sort of liner that's inside the clothing or like a shield or something? By style, we have some windproof. We
2: have a, we have a uh, technology we call wind seal, which is a, kind of a barrier that we use um, usually right under the surface fabric and it has you know some water repellency and some water resistance it is not what you would call it like a Gore-Tex or something like that where it's a, a full barrier we can build waterproof clothing with the best of them that's not a problem um I would tell you that I breathability when you're trying to stay warm on stand in in super cold weather there, there's a reason why they Arctic guys that go in the arctic expeditions wear really highly breathable stuff and don't wear laminates and yeah a little bit while you get cold and rubber boots, you know. Uh, so, well, hey, let,
4: let's be honest in re- reality, right? Like, if it's raining for a couple of hours, I'm,
3: not going I'm moving there. to a
4: ground blind anyway,
3: yeah. Uh, <laughs> or if it starts raining, I'm just like, Are you kidding me? I'm getting out of here. <laughs>
4: I'm,
3: I'm not that if, diehard if, if.
2: And then it goes back to quietness too. You know, there's, there's a, there's trade-offs with everything.
3: Yeah. Good point.
2: I' uh, cold cool Weather, you know, you, you start talking about single digits and, and waterproof technologies and it's really hard to deliver on the level of quietness we're trying to deliver on. Yeah. So
3: uh, on a different note, um, the uh, I'm kind of disappointed. Cause I'm not disappointed, but I'm disappointed. I don't have my backpack here because I took it hunting. You guys be proud of me. I took it hunting with yeah, my nice. son. We had a youth weekend. So it's on our, my four wheeler in my garage, but you guys have one behind you so that's good can you talk about or maybe even show the the handle system because it's one of the coolest things i've ever seen in a in a pack
4: Sure, sure yeah
3: it um, is so unique tim i don't know if you've seen this yet but
4: i have not no Let's watch be a what person. this can do
3: yeah so for a bow hunter that's this stuff this is
4: can do. <laughs> pretty
2: pretty simple you know it's just a, a buckle and a handle which but if those people that i've ever but think it's about genius trying to, try to hang a pack over the, a branch yeah. yeah, you know, unless you want to saw your branch off, it ain't happening. And
3: and it feels so, good too when you're holding it. It does. It didn't give up like sacrifice like the grip or anything. Because I was like, wow, well maybe it's going to be a crappy grip because this, but it wasn't. I was like, dang, this is yeah. really well done.
4: Well, think yeah, about
2: that too. Dave, really like... that buck, buckle, as you saw, I did yeah. not want that thing to have any chance of of ever breaking, regardless of how much weight you had in it. And yeah. I've had eighty pounds in this thing and yeah. bounced it on a on a peg trying to get that buckle to not not hold it up and. No problem you think
4: about it too I mean it, it's it's yeah there there's the whole in the tree stand thing but like if I'm riding out on an ATV or I'm riding yeah. out you know, like on an e-bike or cool. something like that that's that's a beautiful way to attach it to the vehicle that I'm riding out on yeah um right so that that it secures the backpack to the machine and I don't have to worry about it losing it or it falling off
2: Dave did For you sure. uh did you have you played with uh putting antlers in it at all
3: not yet no where do you put them right there
2: so I uh, I, did, I didn't set this up. Um, it's more to look pretty. But that was, that so was one perfect. of the <laughs> biggest things we All said.
3: Right.
2: You know, there was we had a lot of requests last year. You guys just said, "Hey, I love your clothes. Um, why, why don't you guys build a pack?" You know, and I'm like, hey, we, "Yeah, no problem. We can build a pack. We get it." Um, but then it was like, "Well, we need this pack to do something more." And so it's like, "Well, what's the big issue?" And rattling antlers way by far rose to the top of pain in the neck type scenarios, you know, if you either you just carry them in your hands or you put them in your pack and they eat up all the pack. And so all we've really done is, is utilize the lower curvature of the pack, um, you know, the natural. So this lower flap, this is called the double backpack because it has two flap systems. It has this lower one I'm talking about, but so the curvature of a set of antlers just fit around the bottom of that pack really, really well. And trying to do a, never done this like this, but, and then we have this upper flap that basically is buckled just right. The buckles are about set about halfway in there to where they just go over the top of the antlers like that. And then all I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna compress the two flaps together like this. Make sure I got the right buckle. Just like that. That's and awesome. So the antlers are just in there. They're not moving. They're not making any noise. And I still have 100% of the capacity of the rest of my pack there. I think
3: we should Beautiful. call it the kangaroo pouch. The kangaroo pouch.
2: That's <laughs> a great name. <laughs> it's so like first, an antler hunter. So now I'm up in my stand. And sometimes I got to mess with this. I got to be careful. But I, I just wanna and I had these stabbed in there just a little bit further. Didn't know I was gonna have to demonstrate. But they will just lay right that on the on my, flat oh. my right in my stand.
3: That's awesome. And when I want to go
2: home, it's just in reverse, I just buckle it back up I go.
4: I love this too, and I'm gonna give you another idea. This is a sales pitch for for certain hunters out there. That front pocket can also be used as a um uh trash can so that when certain people that He's when certain people go out to the ground line and they bring their boatloads of snacks and water bottles and they can just throw it in there, clip it up and take it with them and not leave it behind. Oh, yeah. I'm just well, saying. I'm maybe. just
3: saying. I guess someone could do that, but I don't think anybody's putting garbage in there. They don't want to, no, you know, stain anything or get sent on anything. No, excuses, I love that. Excuses, excuses. That Dave. is pretty cool. I, I the one I was using is more of the day pack one, the smaller one, which for what we do, do the here, thing. it'll do the same thing, Dave. Oh,
2: so I, I see the
4: clips on the front of that too. Could could I potentially put a crossbow in there? Like put the butt stock and that pouch in the front, and then clip it to the back. Yes. Oh
2: yeah.
4: Well, Perfect.
2: I, I'm shocked at how versatile this pack is. I mean, I we kind of kicked our coverage a little bit. I think, you know, setting out just trying to solve the rattling antler deal. We solved a lot more. I, I had some guys at a major retailer. I won't, I won't mention names and I was sitting there presenting to him early on and I'm going through it. And I, I'm kind of a saddle hunter by, by heart, but you know, it's so thick where we hunt that we kind of go trim and then go hang, you know, during the season. And he was checking out the pack and, and he goes, and I was like, uh, either he loves it or he hates it. I can't tell. And he finally looked up at me. and said, do you realize you just revolutionized saddle, honey? And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I did.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sales pitch sure did. Of course. But he, I like I, and literally
2: that same flap I just showed you, you can put a platform, put a harness in there. Wow. Because this, this back pouch is so big, so stretchy, so durable. So this has two positions, Dave. You have to take this out. Of that lower compartment. So this comes and it it has there's two more of those those little hooks inside this lower pouch. So you can leave this pouch all the way down for longer sticks or for a rifle, or you can move it up wow. as it just had for shorter sticks or a crossbow. Um it's big tripod if you're a camera guy. It's just got a lot, a lot of cool stuff going it's on. It's kind plus, of funny because it's see... super, super quiet, you know.
3: Yeah. It's funny because you're, you're going through that and I'm thinking in my head, like while you're showing that, like, man, the game is so different now than it used to be. I just, I feel like when I was younger, back when I was in my twenties, like, yeah, I would have absolutely hundred percent wish I had that pack and I could like put my sticks in there, you know, but now I was thinking about it. like, well, I fill that pack up with everything I need for my day trip and I don't really, I just ride a four wheeler. <laughs> <Get out. Yeah, laughs> right, right, yeah. It's a lot different than it used to be, but you know, at the same time, those capabilities are so important and i and i i love it i just think it's so cool it's so comfy quiet um you know it was easy to to pack in and out and there's a lot of space in there i think a lot of people might not realize how much space you guys actually have in those things but i put a lot of stuff in there: sweatshirts uh my son's uh snacks it was crazy we had right. two people stuff in the one bag
4: you know would fit perfect in there dave is a uh bow repair kit by b yeah
3: our new archer bow repair kit for sure there you go Well, you know you're out west
2: and we're doing a lot of you know mobile stuff and so i can put a 60 millimeter scope in this side it's got side straps for that i can put a tripod on this side i can strap my bow in the back in the compartment so i have optic use up front and i'm going um it's it's pretty versatile pack
4: really is awesome so, it's are you time. guys? Are you guys right it's now? Are you guys them. just direct to consumer? Can we find you in dealers, big box stores? Where 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 do we find you at?
2: Yeah. So we're in. Uh, we have both a retail model and a direct consumer model. Um, you know, some of our our, our bigger partners, are Shields, for example, um, it, kind of in the Midwest. It's mostly okay. Sportsman's Guide. Um, we're on Optics Planet online. Uh, we have some, some great partners, um, some, we really to be honest with you. This is a, a specialized enough of a line. We really think that the, um, you know, the traditional, uh, archery dealer can make a go of it. We really do. And we're hopeful that happens. You know, that's a, that's a tough business anymore. And we've heard it from so many of those, those guys that you just can't sell clothes. And I'm like, I hope this is different. And, so far, we've had some pretty good results there. I think the jury's still out a little bit, but we're very, very confident. And because it's so specialized and because of the price point too, um, we, we think that's gonna work real well for that that local, local shop that's so important for our industry, so.
4: Yeah, no, no, for sure. And you got everything, you got everything covered really. I mean, it's it, the, the knowledge. And like I said before, and I, I, I do wanna say it again, the thought process that you put into it, right? is really the key behind all of it because if it was just like oh yeah it's a cool material we print the pattern on blah 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 you know okay cool you're just like everybody else that tried to do this right but you're not because of the thought process that you put on it the time that you put into the the design and not just the design but the the construction of it and how it all molds together and is and is really really for the hunter um i you know i I can't see you guys going any place put up so that's good
3: I appreciate.
4: Yeah. That. Yeah, it reminds
3: appreciate me that. of uh the story kind of reminds me of uh we had um we had josh on from uh, triple point outdoors and they make broadheads right. and i and he's a, he's like a small little tiny broadhead thing right and we're talking to him and i'm like man this guy really knows his stuff like he just he's just like he is like the stuff he's saying is pretty it's impressive like he just knows this and then then later uh you know i asked him in the in the show i said listen i'm going turkey hunting like this weekend sell me on why i should use your turkey broadhead and literally <laughs> sold me on it so fast and I, I, he sent me one i shot turkey with the next day and it was like the i was like oh my gosh i was like this is what i'm talking about but i agree this to tim's point is like it's not a, it's it's a really important part of it i think to show your knowledge uh and you know the in the business period you've you've experienced this clothing market for years so you knew everything about that market before you did this you're not going to do this if you didn't believe in it that's the point you know you know it's going to work because you've already seen everything else and know it's better in its own way so yeah i i agree with tim i mean just keeping that thing moving and um just keep getting it out there it's the best you guys are gonna be able to do with this it's pretty cool well thank you appreciate that
2: yeah you know and just going back to that and, and again not patting ourselves on the back but you know from where we came from both jamie and i um it's you know Cabela's when I was kind of at the peak of you know kind of where we were hitting on all eight cylinders but we were about 90 percent private label and that was across a lot of different SKUs and
4: right
3: you
2: know spent a lot of time manufacturing goods and that was that was totally vertical from developing our own fabrics developing our own camouflages developing our own technologies designing the garments sourcing the garments inventory control and I think Jamie and I would would both say that if it wasn't for that background, this wouldn't happen either. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can do all the things about hunting and 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 building cool stuff, but if you don't know where to build it and how to build it, it's it's just a whole nother level of cost and aggravation and challenge. So
3: when you guys were at uh, Cabela's, did you work with Amanda there then?
5: Oh yeah.
3: And did you work with Ryan too? Ryan Cuts,
5: yep. Oh yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's, awesome. Awesome.
5: He's awesome.
3: What a small world. That is so funny so the yeah. four that's so funny the four you guys knew each other it, you know ended up all these different companies so it's pretty cool like that's pretty cool the knowledge out of cabela's and to be honest everybody i've dealt with that came out there's been so cool that's what's funny about it it's like man they lost some good people i'll tell you that a, no doubt about a, it.
2: great deal yeah and there's still some really great people there oh yeah at both bass pro and cabela's a lot of good friends and and uh um hats off to everything they're still trying to just they're still getting done yeah so
3: yeah, I mean it's a totally different thing now, right? With Bass Pro coming in, it's like, yeah, well, we're gonna do it this way, we're gonna do it that way. I can imagine the the pressure. That's probably crazy, but I was,
2: you know, I just quite a run there. You know, I started in '87.
3: Back in '87. Wow. <laughs> but uh, you
4: know, yes, wow. I mean, Jim. When Cabella- you were like three years old, that's crazy.
2: <laughs> I walked by Jim cabela's office every day, you know, on the way to work, and um, it's it was just pretty surreal to look at that whole watch that whole thing and I thought they were big when I started and they were nothing where they ended but it was all about treating the customer right and doing the right thing and and building products that work and 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 listening and it was a pretty fun thing to be involved with
3: yeah I love Very Cabela's cool. growing up that was my one of my favorites there was Gander Mountain Cabela's uh there's a one called Dunham's here that always had like oh, a yeah. lot of hunting stuff and but out of the out of all of them uh, here well we had the Dundee Cabela's and it was always really big you know it was it was but it wasn't the closest thing so you had to travel a little bit to get to it but uh, Bass Pro was always more in my mind they're always more fishing you know like I always I go in there and be like all right well half the build more than half that building's fishing you know then it's like called a quarter... Bass
4: Pro right no
3: I get it I get it and that's okay <laughs> I'm just saying that's how I always felt you know it was like oh and then Cabela's I was like well these are the real hunters you know that's how I always felt like when I was young growing up like these are the actual hunters. But then again, when you think about it, okay, well, fishing draws a lot more money than hunting probably. So I'm assuming they had a lot more money over there to acquire it, you know. It, it yeah. builds up a different way, you know. Right on. Yeah.
4: Well, listen, we appreciate y'all coming on. Um, great products, great company. Um, it's codeofsilence.com, right? It if is. people want to check is. you it's out. Awesome. Yep. So yeah, I mean, awesome job. Like we said before, I mean, the knowledge that you guys have behind all this stuff and the knowledge that you're putting into it speaks for itself. But everybody's got to go check it out. CodeofSilence.com. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: It's been a pleasure. Thank you, you you. guys.
3: No worries.